Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tahlequah United Methodist Church, feel free to go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. If you remember the last couple of weeks, we've been diving into the um, Paul's letter to the Church of Philippi, also known as Philippians. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this with the challenge of not only like looking at this letter, but also looking into the um, serenity prayer, which is there point printed um, in your bulletin for those of you that have um, the bulletin um, at your fingertips. I've asked you for 30 days to pray this prayer, and, and we're in our third week of this. And, and I hope that you make this part of your daily ritual of connecting with God. Because I know that when we lean into this and, and we pray this prayer, it will shape us and change us. Kind of like the inspiration that Paul did writing to the church in Philippi so many years ago. But Paul is trying to challenge this community to find joy where they are. If you remember, we talked about it by living faithfully, by being encouraging. Today, we're going to talk about reaching our goals. And then next Sunday, we're going to talk about rejoicing always. And so when we look at it from that perspective, and we do it with the serenity prayer as a guiding principle, we will find joy even in the midst of all that is going on in this world. We just have to center ourselves in God. And one of the ways that we do that is by reading the scriptures. So will you join me for the reading of Philip, the Philippians chapter 3, verses 4b through 14. Listen to these words. If anyone else has reason to put their confidence in physical advantages, I had even more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am from the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews with respect to observing the law. I am a Pharisee. With respect to devotion to faith, I harassed the church. With respect to the righteousness under the law, I am blameless. These things were my assets, but I wrote them off as a loss for the sake of Christ. But everyone beyond that, I am considered everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have lost everything for him. But what I lost, I think of as an answer as sewer trash, sorry, as sewer trash, so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ, I have a righteousness that is not my own, and that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that comes from knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection, the participation in his sufferings, it includes being condemned to his death so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. And it's not that I've already reached this goal or I've already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab a hold of it because Christ grabbed a hold of me just 
for this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. This is the scriptures of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. The goal of our faith. The goal that we're striving for, right? What is that? What does that look like? What goal are, are, are you looking forward to? What, what's the thing that you're striving for? When we think about it, you know, some people will say heaven. My goal is to get into heaven. I'm going to do all the things I can do to get into heaven. But what if that's not our goal? What if that's the outcome? What if the goal that we set, what if the ethic that we do, the thing that motivates us, the the thing we're longing for, the thing that we reach for is love? What if our goal was to love? And what if that love, if we do that right, if we do all the things right, if, if we let go of all of the things that hold us back and we truly love God with all of our heart, the outcome will be heaven. I believe that. I look forward to that day that I stand before God and, and, and I pray. My prayer is that he says those words, good and faithful servant, come and rest. But I'm not there yet. I'm not done yet. My race isn't over yet. And I have one goal in mind, to do all the love I can do here and now. Is that easy? No, it's not. Especially in a diverse world that we live in, where, where it seems like it's one or the other, and, and, and why can't we just learn to love each other, to listen, to be present with one another? And it's not about being right or wrong. It's about loving each other and caring for each other and doing all the things that we could do to share God's love with each and every individual. I love this line from uh, Mildred uh, Wincop in her book, Theology of Love. She said this great line, there is no ceiling to love. There is no ceiling to love. If we allow love to be our goal, it's that thing we're always striving for. As Methodists, remember, we're on a journey. We are not perfected in this life. We'll be perfected later, and we strive for that perfection. It doesn't mean that we're perfect now. We screw up along the way, don't we? Who had a perfect week this week? I was far from it. I have to admit But I leaned in and trusted God more and and asked God to help me do the things that you've called me to do. And it hit me. Share love. That the end goal is love. The goal we're searching for, the thing that strives us, the thing that should motivate us is love. Not getting into heaven. That's the afterproduct. That's the thing that if we, if we love everybody, if we do those commandments, you know, those Ten Commandments that Shannon nicely read, I love how Jesus changed them a little bit and just said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Like Jesus flips the script on that, but he doesn't change it. He doesn't do away with those ten. He just takes those ten and says, well, obviously we're not doing this very well, so let me break it down for you even better. And he makes it even better for us to understand. And obviously we struggle with that even today, don't we? Because if you ask yourself this week, how well did you love your neighbor? How well did you do it? 
How well did, did you share love? And it's not just your physical neighbor, the person that lives next door, behind you, around you, beside you, whatever. It, it, it's how well did you show love when you went to Walmart and that person cut you off? How well did you share love when, when you didn't get what you wanted and what you felt like you deserved? How well did we share love in the midst of all of the, the struggle that's going on? And how well are we really showing what Paul is getting at here? It's to submit ourselves to Christ. In Christ. Notice Paul doesn't say in me, or it says if you abide by these rules. He says in Christ, I have righteousness. Does not my own. And does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is righteousness of God that is based of our faith, not the rules and regulations. And you have to remember, Paul's coming at this from the perspective that he knew the rules and the law so much so that before he became Paul, he had this whole other life, I call it his college years, where he called himself Saul. And when God came to him and, and, and said, Saul, I'm going to change you and, and I have a calling for you and, and I want you to live this way. I want you to follow Jesus and to let go of your old self and your old ways. He submitted himself. And his end goal became no longer striving towards something, but showing the world love. I love this line from N.T. Wright. Uh, in his book, um, uh, N.T. Wright, Everyone Bible study guides. I love these Bible study guides by N.T. Wright. They're really fun and challenging. But he has this line in regards to this scripture reading today. He says, living in heaven isn't the goal we're aiming at. Rather, it's living in God's new world with our new bodies. So the upward call seems to be the resurrection itself. It means living in the present in light of the future. It means living in the present, in light of the future. And I would add, with love. If we strive for love, if we strive for caring for our neighbor, if we strive for, for really living as Christians should, sharing God's love, some of these problems we have would go away. But that means we have to surrender ourselves. And that means that we also have to be willing to accept things that are beyond our control sometimes. That also means that sometimes we just have to let go and realize that our goal is sharing love with everyone. That's the goal of this. And are you going to mess up? Yes. As Methodists, we definitely believe that. We definitely believe this is a journey. We definitely believe in this time and space, you're being refined and renewed and recentered as long as you agree to live in Christ. And when you allow that to happen on you, it shapes you and molds you into that creation that God created you to be. Love is the end commandment of God. When you think about it, love is the end commandment of God. That's all God wants from us, isn't it? Love. Love God and love your neighbor. And it should be, I love this line. This is from John Wesley. This is from, his, uh, from some of his works. He says this, Love is the end of every commandment of God. It is the point aimed at by the whole in every part of the Christian institution. The foundation is faith, purifying the heart, 
the end, love, preserving the conscience. What Wesley's really saying out here is that let love be your guide. Let your love of God and let your love of neighbor be your guide. So how do we find joy where we are? Well, having love is our end goal. I think the serenity prayer grounds us in this. It sheds us from what we can control. It sheds us from ourselves and it opens us up to allow God, trusting in God. I love that line in the prayer, trusting that God, you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. Notice it's your will. Notice even in the Lord's prayer, it's not my will be done, it's God's will be done. And that's how we find happiness and joy where we are. We practice love. Is it easy? No. It's hard. But if it would have been easy, we'd, we'd already have it knocked out by now. And we wouldn't be facing some of the problems that we are. But I believe that for all these things to happen, we have to ground ourselves in God and see how God's love manifests itself on us and through us because everything we do is an opportunity to share God's love with everyone we meet. I know that's hard to understand sometimes, but that's what we are called to do, to share God's love. And we all have special gifts. We all are called to do it in unique and special ways. And so I encourage you to share love. And so I want to ground ourselves, not only in love, but I want to ground ourselves, because that's definitely something we talk about a lot around here is love. But we really need to ground ourselves in God. And the way that we do that is we let go of ourselves and we surrender ourselves to God. That's why I love this prayer. That's why I think it's a good challenge for us over these next few days, these next 30 days are actually halfway through now. You're now halfway through this. And I hope if you've let it into your life, you can see the changes it's making. I know it's challenging me. I know it's been pushing me. It's opened me up to some things and some things that I'm aware of some things I need to let go of because I know I need to surrender. I know I need to be open to God's love and that I'm not done yet and that God's not done with me yet. And even in the midst of a global pandemic, love can still abound. We can take care of our neighbors. We can take care of ourselves and we can show all the love of God for the world because that we know I think we can all agree this world needs it. And so I want to ground ourselves today. We've been praying the serenity prayer together in, in the middle of the sermon, and we're going to do that today. But I want, you to ground, I want you to just get yourself ready. Get yourself in a position where you can just sit down and just relax. Just let everything go. That tension in your body, just let it go. Just sit there and just take a deep breath. I want you to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And now I want you to hold out your arms like you're receiving like a, a blanket or something with your palms up. I want you to, to, to close your eyes and open out your arms and stretch them out like you're about to receive. And Take a deep breath with me. Now receive this prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, 
enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen. So let love be your guiding principle. Let love be your goal. And by doing that, you will find comfort, joy, peace, and some things you never thought you would ever see. Remember, there is no ceiling to love. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tahlequah United Methodist Church, feel free to go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.